This episode is brought to you by HP+. In a world full of smart devices, isn't it about time your printer got smart too? Now printing is smart with HP+. And the HP Smart app is how it all happens. You can print from your phone with just a tap, no matter where you are. Even from your garage slash home office slash yoga studio. Huh, that is smart. HP+. Learn more about smart printing at hp.com slash smart. Today on the show, I have Danny Pellegrino. I heard about Danny from the Watch What Crappens Guys and my friend Annabelle DeSisto. Danny is a writer and a comedian who has a really funny podcast called Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino. As you can imagine, he talks about pop culture and things he considers iconic, like movies, TV shows, and my favorite, home goods. Welcome to the show, Danny. Hi, Barry. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be on your show. First off, what made you decide to start a podcast? And it's been about a year, right? Right, right. You know, I was doing a lot of, I, I make a lot of silly memes and stuff on Instagram, and a lot of them were housewives related, like the Bravo housewives. And so I was looking for a way to just um, to do more comedy. I used to perform stand-up and sketch. And so I was looking for a way to kind of dip my toe back into performing. And a podcast just seemed like a, a great way because I had a little bit of a following on social media for housewives stuff. So I thought, oh, I'll just go on, grab a microphone and talk housewives or whatever I want to talk about. And so it was a good way for me to dip my toe back into performing. That's cool. And and you have a home studio when you get your guests to come to your house. Is that correct? I do. Occasionally, I will go out and, and come to them. But yes, I have a little home office. It's my little studio and it makes it really easy. And then I have my traveling equipment so I can go you know, if I have a special guest and they, I can go to their house or their house or anywhere I need to. I love how when Jerry O'Connell was on, he was talking about your studio and he was talking about your Halloween um, decorations. <laughs> right. I know it. You know what? It is a little. It feels vulnerable sometimes when I have a celebrity like Jerry O'Connell coming, and you know they're coming to my home, and I always think like, oh my god, are they judging? And when Jerry was here, it was like, I mean, not even the end of September. It was like the middle of September. And I had had like a table full of Halloween decorations. And he was like, what (laughs) is going on? You know, who would hate that is Jackie Schimmel. She talks on her podcast about how she hates any kind of, you know, thematic, um, you know, pumpkin gourd decorating. And I was like, oh, now I feel bad. Now I feel bad about myself. I know. I know. But you know what? I I love I know and love Jackie and I think um I think she would support us liking it. <laughs> I, I think she would too. She she wrote something on her thing the other day that said, like, if you have a year round wreath, you know, you should die in a fire. And I thought, wait a minute, now I have a year round <laughs> wreath, but the one right now is fall themed, so I think it's all right. <laughs> right. Well, I will say Jackie's been to my home before and she has not wished death upon me. I think I think she's okay, seen she's seen plenty of decorations around here. So, uh, you know, uh, well, to each his own. I love how you talk about going to Michael's and Home Goods. Um, I too, I love am that, a, Mary. yeah, I'm I'm a Home Good um, addict. Yeah, and um, I'll, I'll probably be going there today. Actually, me too, Mary. I love Home Goods <laughs> so so much, and Home Goods. I talked about them on my show, and they sent me a gift package. And it was, I mean, no joke, like my best day. Like I've never had that great of a day. Um, are, you as sa- when, 
Are you saying that if I tag them on this episode, they may send me something? It's possible. Maybe they'll send us both something. Let's let's tag them. Oh <laughs> my god. Okay, I'm I'm writing that down. Hashtag Home Goods. Um, you, wait, can I can I ask you like yeah. when when do you normally go there and what do you like to get? Like, what's your favorite? Do you go for the decor? Do you go for the food? Like, what do you like to buy there? Well, you know, it's always a thrill because I may be going in for a throw pillow for my porch. Or I may be going in like I just need a new, you know, Cafalon pan. But then there's always an adventure. And then if I just sort of go down the furniture aisle or especially if I find now we're getting close to Christmas, they'll have all sorts of amazing food baskets that I could send to my in-laws and things. Yeah. I love their food. I mean, their pastas are so fantastic. I mean, all and they're, they have a lot of good candies that you can't buy anywhere else there. I mean, I also love the furniture, the decor, the holiday stuff. But... I, I really love the food there. Um, okay. Well, that's just going to make me go to the food aisle more than normal. Yeah. You know, if it gets to be like holiday time, I'm having a party. I'm always looking for more and more white serving platters, like for all the right. serving platters to be the same. So when we get around Christmas time, I'll go in there and start deep dive searching for some white serving platters or maybe some Christmas spode serving platters. And my husband's always like, how many more white serving platters do we need? I'm like, well, they all have to match. I brought a haul home the other day and my boyfriend was like, what did you get all this stuff for? Like (laughs) new glasses. I mean, way too much stuff. I know you said on one of your podcasts that you're not going to take him anymore on your uh, weekend home goods searches. I know he needs to stay home. But uh, (laughs) I... I will. I just got to tell you a little inside secret that I just learned. I bought. Here I am. I don't know why I always have to talk so much about Home Goods. Like I have no sponsorship with them or anything. But I found this bourbon pecan cake, or it's a, a bourbon pecan bunt cake, and I had some this morning. It's a mix that was bought at Home Goods. It's so good. So if you if you see that there, grab it. Okay, it's a it's a cake mix. So you you made a cake and then you had bourbon cake for breakfast. Right. I just had it for breakfast. It's like a bourbon bunt cake. Um, It's a mix. That's what it's called on the box. But I just had it. It's amazing. So I encourage everyone to go try it. Okay. It doesn't taste like bourbon. Could I feed it to my children? Yeah. There's no, I don't think there's any bourbon in it. No, it just, it says that on the box, but there's no real flavor of bourbon. Okay, good. Okay. So um, now we got to go back to your podcast now that we've spent uh, 10 minutes right. on home goods, which, <laughs> which, I, which I, could, I could do a whole podcast on home goods. Right. Um, so sometimes on your podcast, you talk about shows, you know, like the housewives and stuff. And then sometimes you do a, what you call a pop dive into things. So you've done it on My Best Friend's Wedding and Clueless and my favorite show from back in the day, Rosie O'Donnell. <gasps> And I heard the one you did with Annabelle about Tyra Banks, which I, I didn't know people could love and know yeah. so much about Tyra Banks because I don't know much about Tyra Banks. So I was fascinated. When you go back and you and you watch these things like the Nick and Nick and Jessica newlywed show, when you go back, is it as great in your mind as from when you remembered it from when you were younger? Or have you been surprised that you don't love it as much? You know, it depends on the topic, but usually like when I'm going back for those pop dive episodes, I find that it's it's a topic or something that I've continuously watched throughout the years. So something like Clueless, like I'll usually see it once a year, but I'm not always sitting down and paying too much attention to it. So I'm just, uh, you know, it's been in my life since it came out, but it, it is always interesting to me because for those, I'm usually sitting and rewatching something and like taking notes for it. And so looking at those things with a more critical eye, I find 
I find interesting. Like the newlyweds I found incredibly interesting because I, that was the one that I hadn't watched and since it was uh, out the first time, the Nick and Jessica newlyweds. And because I watched so much reality TV, it was interesting to see how different reality TV is than it was then. Um, I mean, even so much as they're not wearing mic packs most of the time, like there's a boom mic uh, picking up all their audio and I just there are a lot of interesting stuff like that. And and it's shot differently. And so I, I'm I'm always finding new things. But typically, like I try to do the pop dives on something that I I love and that I have continuously watched over the years. So it's not too much of a shock. How did you feel about the Rosie O'Donnell show? Because that was my jam. I mean, I used to, you know, VCR that every day. I loved it. Right. Well, that was so fun. My guest on that was H. Allen Scott, and he's a brilliant mind and comedian. But it was that was really fun to go back and see how Rosie has evolved as a person. And then also to to go deeper in examining like why I liked that show and why why I think looking back it was popular and I came to realize through watching that is seeing Rosie was such a lover of pop culture. And of course, now she's known for her political stuff and, and being a more outspoken voice in, in the LGBT community and also in politics. But back then, she was just a humongous, a wonderful, crazy lover of pop culture. So she loved things like Bette Midler and Mary Tyler Moore and Barbara Streisand. And not to say that she doesn't still... But looking back, it was so interesting uh, to compare Rosie's talk show to what people consider is like the successor to that, Ellen, and kind of looking at the differences and what what H. Allen Scott had so eloquently, you know, explained to me is Ellen feels more like a peer to the people she's interviewing, whereas Rosie was just a fan like us or or like me, like watching Rosie O'Donnell's show, you were seeing someone like you interview someone that you loved. So it, it felt, it didn't feel like a an equal relationship. It felt more like a fan interviewing a hu- big, huge celebrity. Does that well, make sense? Yeah, that's a really good point. And I haven't thought about that. She is a huge fan and she was a huge fan, of course, of Tom Cruise. And mm-hmm. I would love to know her feelings on Tom Cruise today. Right, right. Now, also, you got to talk to two of my favorites, Dorinda Medley and Leanne Locken from Housewives. Now, was this like your fangirl moment? Your, your, yeah. I mean, were you dying when you were talking to them? Yeah, I mean, any of the housewives, I get a little bit more nervous. And uh, Leanne is actually on my show again, uh, the episode that'll be out tomorrow. I'm not, I'm not sure when this airs, but uh, so Leanne, it, it was actually, it was really fun to talk to her for the second time because I went into it a little, uh, not as nervous and and I felt like we had a little bit more of a, a relationship than we did before. So it was really fun. And and they were both great. And Dorinda was, is a favorite housewife of mine. So that was fun. And um, I, I always love talking to any of the housewives. Uh, to me, I would, I think I would be just such a fan. I would have a hard time like coming up with questions because, you know, my questions might be the week before I may have said something inappropriate and I don't want to like offend them, you know. Right. Right. Well, with Dorinda, it was interesting to me because I was asking questions based on what I saw on the show. And I don't know, it just, I don't want to say anything bad about her, but it was just hard. It it seemed like we were watching different shows. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. 
she didn't. Like I would say, I would say something like, did you, you know, what's, is it weird your relationship with Bethany? It seems to be at odds. And she's like, I don't think my relationship with Bethany is at odds. Uh-huh. Um, okay. Does that make sense? So yeah. It was, it was still wonderful. And I loved chatting with her. She was still gr- really great, but you know, you don't want to offend anyone and I don't want to make anyone upset. So, um, I don't know. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. I would, I would be the same. I'd, I'd be. That's interesting that she said that when they seemed to be at odds, and then they were at odds about that stupid nutcracker, and then they right. were at odds at the reunion until the very last thing at the reunion when they hugged because Bethany said she was sorry for calling her drunk or a drunk, depending <laughs> on how you heard it. Right, right, Mary. And I had interviewed her like right after the reunion, so it was like, wait, did you not see? Or even I think I said something about Sonia, like are you guys in a good relationship? And she's like, we're always in a good relationship. I'm like, well, on the show, we're seeing something different. Yeah, she was kind of hardcore on Sonia. I mean, right, but, you know, that's Dorinda. Yeah, interesting. Well, I've always said, you know, if I had a dream, I would love to go to the Berkshires. Although, honestly, I'm I'm as old as these ladies or slightly younger, but I don't know if I could hang at the Berkshires. I mean, just seeing the video we saw – that Bethany just put out with, you know, Sonia passed out on the pool table and they're all just drunk. I'm like, I don't know if I can hang at this age. I don't know how they do it. Mary, I can't hang for sure. Like I'm, I'm younger than those women and I, there's no way I could hang with them. I watched that video of them in the Berkshires and I was like, what is going on? <laughs> I, I don't even remember having a night like that since college. I mean, I could, I could hang, but then I'd be in the bed for a day and a half, you know? Right. I, I, I get I get to uh, I actually did the last time I hang I hung or hang like that it was um the I went to Countess and Friends and you know the Countess Luann's cabaret show oh yeah and I drank really heavily that night and I was hung over for two days afterwards yeah I um it's so funny that everybody that talks about going to those uh, Countess shows in New York and LA say that by the time she comes out, everybody is so sloshed that people are just right. screaming. I was like, well, she the, the closest place she's coming to us is she's coming to Atlantic City. And I'm like, I don't really want to drive all the way to Jersey to go see her. I may as well just yeah. do it in New York. But I'm kind of dying to go to that. Yeah, it's a really fun night. The thing that I loved about it, uh, you know, aside from what you're seeing on stage, I think it's really fun because the audience is just filled with people that love Housewives and her. So I really like the crowd. The crowd just feels fun and it feels like a you're amongst peers. And how often are you able to sit in a room full of people that like are obs- uh, obsessed with housewives? Yeah, except maybe if I go to like a watch what crap and shows and then everybody there right. is <laughs> all crazy. Right. And those are the watch what crap and shows are the best because for the same reason, you're surrounded by just like minded people. Yes, yes, and then you don't feel uh, <laughs> that you have to hide your reality TV obsession. Right. Um, I know. I love those boys so much. Oh, I do too. I do too. We, I saw them here, and they were great. Now, you and I might be the only people in the world who watched um, Southern Charm Savannah, but you had <laughs> well, Han- <laughs> you had Hannah and Louie on, and it, it was before the season, I think, and then at the end of the season, and he was so hardcore on her, like calling her asexual and all that. I was, I was wondering uh, – when you had them on, if you felt the tension between them? You know, I had them on and I actually saw the opposite. I saw them very much in love with each other and they were traveling out here in LA together. And so they did my show together and I really thought I hadn't watched Southern Charm Savannah. So I didn't know much about it. 
going into the interview. I, they had sent me like the the some clips and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but I didn't know that they would like at the end of the season they would be on bad terms. Like I assumed at the end of the season they would be you know in in a great relationship because when I saw them after they had wrapped the season, they seemed very much in love. That's really interesting. So they, something must have happened. I, I don't know if we're going to get a third season of that show. They were even, this is like, I, I probably shouldn't say this, but they were going to a wedding together after I was interviewing them. Hmm. And so they were, you know, each other's dates and stuff. But I, on my show, when I asked, like, are you guys together or something, they kind of played it like, well, we're working things out or whatever. And I don't know how much of that was. Like they wanted people to tune into the show or, or I don't know what, or or if maybe in actuality they were just actually trying to work things out. But it seemed very much to me they were together. Huh. Well, like I said, I don't know if we're getting a third season of that show, but I kind of feel like right there at the end, they gave us something. I was like, oh, maybe Bravo will give them one more chance, you know? Right. Now, speaking of Bravo, let me ask you some housewives questions. Oh, yeah. My favorite kind of question. I know your favorite. It's funny. <laughs> at the beginning of this, you said housewives, you know, of Bravo. I was like, I don't think you need to say of Bravo. I think we all know that we're not talking <laughs> yeah. about the lady down the street. Okay. Quick round. Okay. Love to hate or hate to love your favorite housewife of Dallas. So who is your love to hate, hate to love, either or? I... Uh, oh my gosh! I Stephanie and Leanne are my favorites. I'm trying to think. Do I love to hate them? I just like love, love them. Same. Stephanie, yeah, Stephanie, especially. I feel like she's coming into her own this season. She seems so sweet, but she's also a perfect housewife because she's filthy rich. Yeah, I just really, really love Stephanie, and she's been so open and honest about her depression and anxiety, which I, I just love when anytime anyone on TV is open about that. Um, and then Leanne, I think, makes some of the best TV possible. So, uh, and then I suppose Deandra this season, I'm, I'm hating. I I love to hate her this season. I feel the same way, and I don't know if she's trying to make herself relevant or have a storyline. But this whole thing about her just badgering the hell out of Leanne about her upcoming marriage, I'm like, oh, my God, she obviously knows something and she's just trying to get Leanne to say it or maybe we're going to see it coming up. But it's like, leave the girl alone. Let her have her wedding. Jeez. I know. It's too much, right? It feels fake. And, you know, so Leanne's on my show this week and I actually already did the interview and she, there's some like really juicy stuff about what, there's more to the Deandra and Leanne story and there's something that happened before they even filmed Housewives that is like, pretty juicy and I'm so excited for people to hear it and I don't want to I don't want to spoil it but it's it's juicy they they have like an interesting relationship and they have a a very long history it's usually I find something that happens off camera that they can't allude to that spurs some on-camera situation and they can't break the fourth wall to talk about it right I know I, I think the show that happens off the show is always more interesting I mean I always hear stories and and even people, because I talk housewives on my show, people like DM me information, and I don't, I don't always know if it's true or if it's just gossip stuff. But it seems there's the things that I've heard. It's like there's way more interesting drama happening off camera. Yeah, yeah. Okay, before we go on to the next ones, I'm going to take a quick break. 
I'm Kelly Gibson, co-host of Dame It All the Hell with my Republican ride or die, Tracy Dietz. We're here to tell you a little bit about our podcast. We talk about sexism, misogyny, and harassment with a sprinkling of salt. How it affects us as bosses, wives, mothers, and women. We talk a lot, we swear a lot, and if you have strong feelings about that sort of stuff too, we'd love for you to listen with us, but just make sure the kids aren't in the car. Listen and subscribe to Dame It All to Hell on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. Come join us. Okay, we're back. Now, hate to love, love to hate on Real Housewives of Potomac. Oh, Potomac. That's my um, area. That's my area here. I love to hate Karen. Same. Um, I think she's one of the more ridiculous housewives. And I don't ever want her I don't wanna I don't ever want her to go off my screen. Like I want her to always be there. But she is ridiculous. I agree. Um, and then hate to love, I do love Giselle and I just, lo- I mean, I don't know if I even hate to love her. I just, again, love to love her. <laughs> I, I think Giselle is beautiful and I find her funny and not in like a accidental way. <laughs> yes, I think, uh, yeah, I think that's right. I think she's purposely funny. I think she's got the, I think she planned some of her lines beforehand, but it does, it, it does work. And I like to just look at her because she's so stunning. Stunning. Beautiful. And also Potomac is still in its infancy, right? So it's like the seasons are really good. And Potomac and Dallas both, they're, they're still feeling fresh. And so I wish more people would watch them. I agree. I, I like both of those a lot. And I kind of didn't want to love Potomac just because it's around here. And then actually, I know Candace's now husband, Chris, I know him um, just mm-hmm. because he works at my same building uh, where the restaurant is. And I, I want more people to give it a chance. But Andy Cohen freaking loves it. He was in town doing a book reading and we went and people were asking him like, you know, most of these ladies don't actually live in Potomac. And he got all annoyed. He's like, Beverly Hills ladies don't all live in Beverly Hills. Atlanta people don't all live right in Atlanta. But he loves that show. He's really behind it. So, you know, there's got to – I don't know. I think they're really, really bringing it because they're not on air long enough to kind of watch what they're doing so much. Right. And they're more of an ensemble show. Like Potomac and Dallas, they film a lot of scenes together because no one's – even though fans maybe love like Karen or Giselle or Leanne – it's like they they aren't these humongous stars because the ratings aren't aren't amazing for either one of those franchises. So they feel more like an ensemble show and all the women are filming together. Also, I think I'm going uh, this coming weekend um, to Oz for my birthday. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I'll let you know how that goes. <laughs> Please. Yes. Fill me in. Now, what about New York? I mean, for me, New oh. York, I, I love everyone equally. Right. Right. New York's my favorite of all of them. And I, uh, season to season, I mean, I minute to minute, I change on Bethany, but I think last season, I love to hate her. Um, I was, I was team Carol and I know that was controversial, but I do love Bethany and I never want Bethany to be off my screen. I think she makes some of the best reality TV. And Ramona is of course my all time favorite housewife, but I, I love to hate her too because I think Ramona's a complete monster. But yes, yes, <laughs> I think she is. If you heard Annabelle, Annabelle's story, she, she, right. I think she, I think she is a complete monster. Yeah, yeah, but I, I and I, I, I tell this to Annabelle too. I, I, she's my favorite, Ramona. Well, because she's, just, she's like Karen. It's like you can't quit looking at her because she's so ridiculous. Right, and I think she just makes fantastic TV, and I think it's because she probably is. I mean, according to different sources, is a real monster in real life. 
So, but she's honest and open about it. True. Now, what about um, soon we have coming up uh, Atlanta? How, what are your feeling on those ladies? Do you have anybody you just just love to hate? You know, I love to hate Nene season to season. Like I, some seasons I absolutely just love to love her, and then other seasons I love to hate her. But she always delivers at least something. I feel like there's never she's never boring exactly. Um, I don't ever want her off my screen. And I'm trying to think, who do I, is there anyone I hate to love? I'd say I'd maybe hate to love Cynthia because Cynthia is by all accounts very boring, but I do love her. So I do sort of hate that I love Cynthia. I also like to just look at her because she's so pretty. Yeah. And then she always has the craziest hair and I I love her as well. Right. Yeah. You just want to look at her. Yeah, yes. Get her and Giselle side by side, and let's just gaze at their beauty. Right, right. What about the OC? I I have Shannon Medora is on my list of people that I love, but this season her her screaming is sort of wearing me wearing me down. Yeah, I, you know what? I totally agree. I always loved Shannon, and I always thought she was like a breath of fresh air when she came into the franchise. And then even last season, which I thought was a terrible season by all accounts of Orange County. I still thought Shannon was like one of the few bright spots because she was, you know, going through real issues on camera. But this season, it's just been like too much Debbie Downer. I mean, it seems like it seems like it feels just like an emotionally weighing me down to watch it. And and I know that she's I get that she's going through a very tough time in her life on camera and all that. But it feels like watching her. I feel like it sucks the energy out of the TV and it just. It's hard for me to watch her this season. And I almost wish with these people, like, they would step aside at certain times. Like, if you're in – because I've heard that when she was filming, you know, it was – she was going through a very tough time with David and contentious divorce and stuff like that. And I almost wish, well, if your mood is, like, that sad and and you're going through something that – if if it was something like depression or or something more serious clinical – then I feel like you shouldn't be filming something where it's like a an ensemble show or or if you if you're so emotionally weighted down that you're unwilling to film with your other cast members like the new girls, then it's like maybe step aside for a season and come back when you feel like you're more ready to be a team player. So I, I don't know. But I Shannon, I'm sure I feel like she'll rebound and and I'll love her again next season. But right now I'm not I'm not feeling Shannon. Yeah, I feel like if Gina stays around, the two of them will bond over divorce next season. But it's going to take Shannon like another year to, you know, be halfway nice or look her direction, I think. Right. And by the way, I think they should just totally reboot and recast the entire Orange County. I feel like they're a little bit hesitant to get rid of like Vicky and Tamara because they've been around for so long. But I I think of all the franchises, all the cities, I think Orange County is the one that needs like a fresh revamp. We've seen like the Vicky Tamara relationship play out a hundred times. I don't know. It's I I that's just I know people love it, but I would just get rid of them all and start fresh. Like go to that gated community, Cota de Casa or whatever, and like find a whole new cast. Yeah, a, a lot of people say that. I don't know if they'll ever get rid of Vicky. I mean, after that whole faking faking cancer thing, if they didn't get rid of her then, you know, it's probably never going to happen. Right. Well, I think if they get rid of Vicky, then it almost it, it's almost a bad PR move for Bravo for the whole franchise because then it's like the house of cards comes falling down and and they almost admit to 
I, I don't know. I think it'd be tough. For, I don't know that they'll ever get rid of Vicky. I agree. Okay, moving on to uh, the last one, Beverly Hills. You know, I, I've always felt sort of back and forth on Lisa Vanderpump. I feel like she's too happy with her one-liners and her, you know, sexual innuendo and her zingers. She just right. kind of bugs. What is, what's your thought? You know, I think that Vanderpump, uh, like I said it with Shannon, I think Vanderpump would really benefit from taking like two seasons off and just focusing on Vanderpump Rules. She has a spinoff. Because right now I feel like Beverly Hills is just weighted down by Vanderpump. And it's like everyone, they're all their relationships revolve around her. And we're getting the same stuff. It's like every season we see her and Kyle kind of go through the same. They dip their toe in of fighting with each other and then they, you know, dip back out. And I think her stepping aside would create new dynamics for the whole cast. And I think it would it would greatly benefit from her stepping aside. That's a really good point if she was just gone for like a season or two. Which, by the way, I think we might get because it's seeming like, uh, at a spoiler alert, that uh, Vanderpump either quits halfway through or or leaves halfway through filming of the next season. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I saw some of that drama and I wonder what's going to happen. Now, speaking of Vanderpump Rules, um, who's your favorite on Vanderpump Rules? Oh, gosh. I love all the Vanderpump. I love watching Kristen Doty. I feel like is very fun. Um, I think Ariana and Tom are are great to watch. I love all of that. I, that whole cast is like really good. And they really work well as, uh, as I said, an ensemble. Like they all bring it. Even if one of them has like a bigger storyline, I feel like they still always all film together, which is, I think, super important for any of these reality shows. Whenever it becomes like one it's like one person won't film with that other person or stuff like that, which I, I know there's always reports of Vanderpump, of Lisa Vanderpump doing that um, or Bethany or whoever, some of the bigger names in the other franchises. So Vanderpump rules, I feel like is great because they all, all shoot together. But I've, I've met a lot of the Vanderpump people and they're all super nice and, and crazy charming. And um, I think Ariana is like very, very sweet and, and she kind of comes across as like a, I don't know, a tough cookie on the show or like a, I don't know what the right word is, but um, she's like so super sweet and very, very funny. I, I hear that a lot. I listen to um, Stassi's podcast. Stassi's my favorite. I'm ride or die Stassi. Right. I'm trying to get her on this podcast. I'm like, hey, Stassi, call me. But she says that a lot, that Ariana, when they're not filming and stuff, you know, they, they get along and she they like each other and everything's fine. She's like, I don't know why then she goes on TV and acts like she hates me because we really are buddies, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think. I, I don't know. Of all the people, because I've, I've met a lot of them, not the entire cast, but I met a lot. And Ariana, the, to me, is the one that's, uh, I don't think we get a full picture of her on camera. She's just so, she's very sweet. She's very hilarious and also stunningly beautiful. I, and I, and Tom too, like they're both, they're both really nice, but I guess you only see a little portion of these people because they have such a huge cast. Yeah. And they do also, you know, season to season, this, you know, last season, you know, Kristen didn't have much, but you know, seasons past, it's been like, you can't quit looking at Kristen because, you know, it's like crazy Kristen. And now that she's calm, it's not so exciting to watch, but I still love her. I, I you know, yeah, I, I still love her. Me too. And, and Stassi too, I think is different. I feel like she comes across as like a, a tough a tough bitch, if you will, on camera. And I think she has another side of her that's just a super sweet, uh, you know, a, a different person than we see on camera, but in a good way. 
Yeah, and I think um, Jax is exactly who he is. <laughs> right, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and Brittany too, you know, uh, one for good, one for bad. Uh, now, this is going to be kind of a, a left turn here, but um, I, I did not realize that you co-wrote the book Super Carb Diet with Bob Harper. Yes, I did. That is okay. Tell me how that came about. Well, you know, Bob's a friend of mine. And actually, before I started the podcast or anything, I, I had been doing social media and he was looking to, um, when he, he got the book deal and he was looking to uh, find a new writer. And so we were friends. And so I kind of had to, uh, not audition, but I had to submit some samples. And then, you know, Bob was really sweet to fight for me for the publisher, with the publisher. And, um, and yeah, then we worked together on it. It was a very, it was a challenging book because right in sort of the middle of it, uh, Bob had suffered a heart attack. Yeah. So it made it a, a challenging, you know, professional experience, but he's so wonderful and, and it was great to work with him. I love him. I saw him last time I was in New York. Um, he was having dinner at the polo bar about one table away from me. And um, what's crazy is that Johnny Weir was right behind him having a big birthday party for himself uh-huh. um, in like a full ball gown. And <laughs> so it was like, who do I look at? You know, because it was right. it, I was looking directly at both of them. But Bob Harper, I love him. He's so cute. Right. And um, I think I tweeted him like, I just saw Bob Harper. He's so cute. And he liked it. And then I was like, oh, I think that means um, we're best friends now. Right. He's so fun. And and we were good friends before um, before the book. And yeah. And I've been to the polo lounge with him before. Oh, he's he's uh, he's adorable. I love when he's on Andy's show, too, because you can tell that they really, you know, have a have a friendship as well. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. All right. Now, I'm going to ask you a question I ask all my guests, which is, what podcast do you listen to? You know, when I started doing my show, I unfortunately sort of stopped listening to a lot of shows and not because I don't like them. I just, I don't want to, I, I don't, I don't want to ever even subconsciously like, you know, do someone's bit or something like that. But I love, how about, can I change it to like uh, the the hosts that I think are so funny and talented and wonderful that I love? Sure. Of course. Of course. <laughs> I think, well, I think like the Watch What Crappens boys, like I love them and they are just, they do some of the best like housewives impressions, like for people that are looking for, you know, uh, if they like impressions, they are so funny and they cover so many different shows, which is wonderful. You mentioned Annabelle DeSisto. I think she is like one of the smoney, funniest, smartest, quickest wits ever. Yeah. Uh, great. And Jackie Schimmel's really great. Um, Laura Marie Shanehalls, she hosts a show about Vanderpump Rules called Sexy Unique Podcast. She is fantastic. Um, uh, Kate Casey, uh, she has a show called Reality Life, and she gets great like reality TV interviews. Uh, the two judgy girls, they're fantastic. Uh, reality TV Taste of Reality with Troy Turner is really good. Um, I'm sure I'm missing like a million uh Oh, and I used to – my favorite before I started my show was Bitch Sesh with yeah, yeah. Uh, Casey, Casey Wilson and Danielle Schneider. And that was that was like my favorite before I um, – and it's, I'm not that it's – I'm sure it's still amazing now. I just don't listen to it as regularly. But they are just the funniest. Well, I um, have had Annabelle on this show and I've had Kay Casey on this show. And I text with both of them now and I consider them, you know, friends that I – 
haven't met. I've, I've met Annabelle. I haven't met Kate. And the Crappens guys, I um, have started a daily campaign where I send them a tweet or an Instagram post daily to try to get them on the show. Um, mm. I'm sure they love that. And because Ben, because no, no, Ronnie one time did write me back on email and said, absolutely, absolutely. And um, then I can't get him to write me back. So now I'm just I'm Twitter stalking them. And um, those boys are so busy. I mean, they I know. do they do a million shows and they travel and do live stuff. So I know they're just they're just super busy. Oh, I'm not offended. I'll just I'll just keep at it like a like a lunatic. <laughs> and I was texting with Jackie Schimmel last night because she's going to come on the show. And I was telling her that my 15 year old daughter is obsessed with her. You know, probably yeah. not appropriate. But um, <laughs> she wrote me back and said, tell your 15 year old daughter I lie less hard for her. <laughs> my daughter's like, will she adopt me? I'm like, that's pretty rude. <laughs> yeah. Jack, Jackie is wonder. I like love. I love Jackie so so much, so so much. And I've seen the bitch sass girls twice live, and they are because Casey is from Alexandria, where I live here in Virginia, and they are they are amazing, and their live shows are like Broadway shows. They're hilarious. Yeah, Mary, I went to their very first live show, and I've never been. I've seen I've seen like live concerts and stuff like great artists, but I've never been to a show quite like the first bitch sesh show where it was just like I talked about with Countess and Friends. It was like being surrounded by such wonderful like minded people. And it was like a rock concert. It was amazing. It was. And I've bought uh, two shirts now. I've got one of my favorite shirts is not going to take that on. I, I wear that right. one. And then my the one they were selling this year was hilarious. It was like a, um old school sun with a dolphin, like a like a cheesy beach shirt. And it said um, Carol's Last Good Summer. Right. <laughs> and whenever yeah. I wear that, people look at me. I'm like, oh, it's an inside joke. You have to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I love them. Well, good. OK, well, listen, you all the ones you gave me. I listen to. I don't listen to Sexy Unique Pod so much. I listen to it mostly when Vanderpump, Vanderpump Rules is actually on. And The Taste right. of Reality, uh, I've heard of him, and he's on my list, so I'm going to give that one a listen today as well. This yeah, is, his name is Troy, and he's great. Yeah, I've seen his picture. He looks he looks cute. Very um, handsome. Very handsome. Okay, so tell all my listeners where they could find you and where they can listen to your podcast. Sure. Yeah, my podcast is called Everything Iconic, and we do two episodes a week. So the Monday episode is, like you mentioned, the pop dive, where it's about one specific topic, usually like an old movie or TV show. And then the Thursday episode is usually all Bravo and Housewives and more current um, more current stuff, pop culture. Okay, cool. So that's, that's called That's Everything Iconic. It's on iTunes everywhere. And then also my social media is at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. Pellegrino, like the water. Like the water, yeah. So why don't you just go ahead and say you're a millionaire because you invented Pellegrino? <laughs> I wish I did, Mary. Your mouth to God's ears. I don't have that Pellegrino water money. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Mary. Okay. Bye.